It's the 4th of July. It's the 4th of July. Oh, gee, oh, my, it's the 4th of July. Hey everyone, I'm Ian Shapiro, you're listening to Politics Explained, but more importantly, you were just listening to the 4th of July song that little Ian would sing when he held a sparkler in each hand and would wave his arms around like they were uh, helicopter uh, propellers or something like that. Yeah, so anyway, today on Politics Explained, we are of course celebrating 4th of July, so we are going to be talking about the history of the 4th of July, right? <laughs> so we're going to be talking about every single day of the Christian calendar that led us up to the 4th of July, 1776. No, of course not. We're going to be talking a little bit about the Revolutionary War and the context for the Declaration of Independence. Then we're going to talk about the document itself, whether it is still relative today. And finally, we're going to discuss patriotism and ethnocentrism and how these terms mean very different things and how they can have very different consequences for the way we as individuals live our lives and position ourselves towards the world around us. All that right after this. The 4th of July Independence Day. This day has been sacred to Americans, well, probably ever since the, it became a federal holiday in 1941. However, the tradition of independence in the United States goes back much further. In fact, the spirit of July 4th goes back to July 2nd, 1776. You see, July 2nd is the actual day of the month that the Continental Congress in Philadelphia voted in favor of independence. It was two days later that delegates from the 13 original colonies adopted the Declaration of Independence. It is, of course, the document that you know of, uh, drafted by Thomas Jefferson. Allow me to set the historical stage for you. The Revolutionary War breaks out on April 19, 1775 in Lexington and Concord, Massachusetts. By the time the war broke out in April 1775, most colonists did not desire complete independence from Great Britain. In fact, that view at the time of the war was considered to be a radical one. However, as the months wore on, more and more colonists came to favor independence as an option to the war's end. You could see momentum for independence in the writings of Thomas Paine's Common Sense, a best-selling pamphlet in early 1776, just months after the first round was fired. In early June of 1776, the Continental Congress met together in a Pennsylvania State House. You know this as Independence Hall if you've ever been down to Philadelphia. It was here that Virginia delegate Richard Henry Lee introduced a motion calling for the independence of the colonies from Great Britain. In response to Lee's resolution, the Continental Congress said, hey, let's have a group of people go write up the actual Declaration of Independence so that we can take these cultural norms and beliefs and put them into what looks more like a legal document in order to really frame and uh, support our belief in independence. So a group of individuals led, of course, by Thomas Jefferson, got to work on drafting a formal statement 
and justifying the colony's break with Great Britain. And it was on July 2nd that the Continental Congress voted in favor of Lee's resolution for independence. The vote was nearly unanimous. Uh, the New York delegation ex abstained, thank you very much, but later voted in the affirmative. So this was all well and good, independence, yada, yada, yada. But what was actually in this famous document? Does it stand the test of time? And where does it stack up to some of our other national documents? Like, I don't know, say the Constitution? We'll talk about that in just a moment. Hey everyone, it's Ian Shapiro. Thank you so much for listening to this 4th of July episode of Politics Explained. I've had a lot of fun uh, going through my own little library of American politics books and also checking out some more uh, you know, common websites that you get when you just type in, what's the history of July 4th, Independence Day? What kind of uh, jello did Thomas Jefferson enjoy while he was writing the Declaration of Independence? You can't see it right now, I'm kind of doing like a, a mocking typewriter thing with my fingers. Hey, audio mediums. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for listening to Politics Explained. I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, we're a pretty new podcast here on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you're getting your podcasts. But we are originally on Anchor. Anchor is a app. It's also a platform that is completely 100% free. And it is the easiest way for content creators to make and share podcasts. All you have to do is open the app, make audio, insert transitions, then turn your segments into episodes, and then upload them into an RSS feed. And here's the great thing, that crazy RSS feed thing. Do you know what it means? <laughs> you don't need to know. Anchor does all that work for you. I'm super happy that they make it so easy for me to make content like Politics Explained so that I can get it out to the world. You. That's right. You are the world. Now, if that doesn't make you feel happy, then there's a void in you. And the only way to fill that void is to download the Anchor app and try out podcasting for yourself. Anyone can do it. I can do it. I'm making this transition right now with Anchor. Ah. Anyway, thanks for listening to Politics Explained. And now, back to the politics. When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bonds which have connected them with another and to assume the powers of the earth, the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind require that they should declare the causes which impelled them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Hey everyone, I'm Ian Shapiro, and that was the introduction to the Declaration of Independence. Probably a lot of you are familiar with at least that last part, the life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And yes, it's a very beautiful, eloquent beginning to what amounts to be a pretty useless document. Let me explain why I believe that the Declaration of Independence is a useless document, because I think that me saying that probably rings a lot of you the wrong way. It's certainly not what you learned in elementary, middle, and high school if you went there in America. You'd say the Declaration of Independence is sacrosanct. It's one of our founding documents. It's like, well, no, it's not one of our founding documents. Our founding documents are the Constitution and arguably the Federalist Papers that help us interpret the Constitution. The Declaration of Independence is kind of a shit list against Britain. 
The Declaration of Independence is essentially that letter that you write to your ex that you're really angry at, and then you don't send that letter. However, in America's case, we wrote the letter to our angry ex, you know, the, you know, the King of England, and we sent it. We sent this list of grievances to the King of England. And that's what the Declaration of Independence is. Yes, it has these high-minded ideas of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, but ultimately it's saying, hey, these are the things that we want, these are what we agree that we want, and we can't get them because of this list of things that you are doing to us. But perhaps it's not the text itself of the Declaration of Independence that really matters. I mean, Thomas Jefferson had an aristocratic upbringing, but a taste for democracy. He did believe that there was an innate goodness and wisdom of common people, and maybe just the fact that these men were willing to put their lives, fortunes, and sacred honor on the line for democracy makes the Declaration of Independence an important document. For many individuals, the 4th of July, Independence Day, is a day to, you know, give thanks for freedom, right? To feel patriotic towards your country. However, all too often, our feelings mix up patriotism with something called ethnocentrism. And you've probably already noticed that one of those words sounds a lot more friendly and nice than the other one. Patriotism is basically what you think it is. It's a feeling of strong commitment and pride towards one's own country. Or, you know, you can also kind of feel patriotism towards a sports team or even a political party. It's a sign of loyalty, love, and respect of something that you belong to and that you feel belongs to you in part. Ethnocentrism is similar but very different in the results that it has on our behavior and the attitudes that we form towards the things around us. Whereas patriotism is about love of country, ethnocentrism is about love of country at the expense of disliking some foe or other. Ethnocentrism divides the world into two opposing camps in the mind of an individual. You're either a friend or you're a foe. This means that you're going to be loyal and exhibit favoritism on the one hand, but also suspicion and disdain on the other hand. One way to wrap all this up is to say that patriotism and ethnocentrism come from the same place. They both are about feeling a lot of pride towards something that you belong to, your in-group. However, when pride turns to disdain and vilification of some unidentified other, then what you're feeling and experiencing is ethnocentrism, and that is detrimental, since it implies that your team's way of doing things is just simply better than everyone else's. This means that you're going to look down on others, try to change their way of thinking without evidence to really get behind why your way of thinking is objectively better. And it's going to be harder to understand other people's cultures and points of view because you're going to view them as inherently inferior to your own. So go ahead, celebrate freedom, celebrate independence, break out the sparklers and the barbecue. But remember, while it's okay to feel pride for your country, it doesn't mean that you can put anyone else down, even though psychologically you're going to be driven to. So just fight against that, because now you're well aware. 
Thank you all so much for listening to Politics Explained on this beautiful July 4th, 2017. You can find more Politics Explained every day on Anchor or wherever podcasts are sold. Trash can dog get me.